Merkel Media. I guess it's time to go back in time. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Time is but a stubborn illusion. I have a lot of memories of the past. People are time traveling within themselves. Time travel is possible. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Hello, Tony. No, no, not yet, not yet. When the intro's done playing, I'll come in and I'll introduce you. Fine. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling it. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Okay, I'll reload it. Okay, today we have a special guest, Terry Carnation, sir, of Dark Air. How are you? Hello, Tony. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And I'm really excited to talk to you because I get the chance to ask some pearls of wisdom when it comes to broadcasting, especially along Mm. the lines of paranormal. Uh, How long have you been doing it? I have been in the broadcasting game 32 years, Jeez. young Tony. And uh, are you attempting to to steal some industry secrets from me? You want some some uh, <laughs> some pointers? Uh, uh, I don't think so, because you you frankly are the competition. Oh man, I was I was hoping I could get some uh, pearls of wisdom from you and stuff. But if we're not going to break that can of worms, that's fine with me. Uh, now I just found out that you are coming back to the airwaves. After a long absence, yes. Uh, how has that transition been for you? I mean, has it been difficult going from the whole AM/FM radio game to the podcast game? Well, excellent question. Thank you for asking. Yes, I have been um, host of Dark Air, uh, AM radio's top paranormal call-in show. Uh, we record in Los Angeles, but of course, we uh, we telecast, as they say. Uh, all across the nation and all across the world we have fans in pretty much every country except Bulgaria. For some reason, the Bulgarians, not a fan, not a fan of Terry Carnation. But we do what we can. Um, As you know, Tony, I went through some dark years. Um, I lost my wife, Zelan, under dubious, mysterious circumstances. And... Uh, I went through uh, a dark and clouded time, a chaotic time uh, in my brain and in my bloodstream. What do you mean by your bloodstream? Well, I I went, I, 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 
I start to go on a personal uh, spiritual journey vis a vis the portals that were opened in my mind, um, having to do with ayahuasca. And this was in the jungles of Peru. And well, I became, you know, I, I would say I found myself, but in actuality, I was found by the Peruvian military three months later. I have very few memories of that, of that time. It was, it was incredibly uh, painful. Um, I didn't have shoes. It was also emotionally painful. Um, apparently, I was discovered in a cave eating bat meat um, really? by the Peruvian military. Uh, fortunately, they had sent out a search party. I wandered away from the ayahuasca ceremony. Um, of course, it begins with an intensive bout of vomiting. And um, then I saw angels. Then I saw devils. And then I saw some combination of the two and of the dangels. I don't know what you'd call them. Um and I became very scared and I just started to run. And I, I ran as far as my barefoot feet could take me in the Andes Mountains. But eventually I was found and and here we are having a nice little chitty chat. Wow. So that whole experience leads you to coming back to uh, the whole paranormal talk radio and stuff. How did you get involved in the paranormal talk? I mean, did you have a personal experience or how did that whole thing start for you with interest? Well, I, I did, uh, Tony. It, it happened on, on a couple of different levels. If we're going way, way back, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the movie Ghost Dad with uh, Bill Cosby. Uh, actually, I am not. I'm not much of a movie buff. Well, Ghost Dad, 1989, is a classic uh, by him who shall not be named. No, yes. I'm not talking about Voldemort. <laughs> I'm talking about Bill Cosby. <laughs> um. And, you know, the title says it all. He was a dad and he was a ghost. Uh, enchanting. Well, I, Tony, was raised by a ghost mom. Really? Yes, I was raised by a spectral mother. Um, she left me and my father when I was about four or five years old um, with a uh, specialty carping, carpet cleaning uh, professional. And... Uh, apparently, she passed away out on the road with him. Um, nothing to do with vacuum cleaners or shampooers or anything like that. I, I'm not sure what the circumstances were. But all of a sudden, I found myself one day making myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich after school. And there she was. She appeared to me and was stood at my side. And she said, I know I've been gone, but I want to be in your life. I want to be I want to be your mother. I'm on the other side, but that doesn't mean that we can't be close and that we can't communicate and we can't hug. <laughs> Hugging is challenging with the spectral. Um, it's not very tangible, Tony, but the idea was just beautiful. And we laughed. Oh, we had such a good time together. We laughed. We chortled. Um and she took over making the sandwich from me right then and there. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to have a mother. <laughs> now, of course, she couldn't make the sandwich because she had ghost hands. She couldn't pick up the knife. But she was lovely. And, you know, Dr. Schneiderman, the neighbors, everyone thought, oh, this kid is delusional. You know, he's got he's making up imaginary friends. My father was very concerned. I went to see Dr. Schneiderman for many years. But. I know, and at the end of the day, I think you, Tony, I think your listeners know that this was this was true. And I uh, developed a very um, 
intimate rapport with my mother while she was behind the veil, so to speak. Wow. Well, I, I guess you don't have to worry about a lot of things that other people have to worry about. I mean, losing a mother, your mother's going to be with you for the rest of your life, right? She is still, she is still with me right... What? No, I'm on it right now. I'm recording right now. Yeah, no. Yeah, grape jelly's fine. She's, she's with me all the time. And... <laughs> Frankly, it's a bit much. I, I understand. It seems like she interrupts sometimes. It, indeed. Indeed, she does. So uh, on your show then, I mean, since you have this past with, you know, growing up with a mother like yours, uh, is it? do you ever come across stories on your show that kind of catch you off guard? Because, I mean, your life story and history is pretty, pretty unique. Mm. Yes, I've heard, I've heard dozens of stories, hundreds of stories uh, that have quite frankly, um, sent me reeling. Um, occasionally, someone uh, calls in claiming to be me from the future. And they they sound just like me, Tony. It just sounds like old Terry with a little bit of static interference. And he claims to know what is going to happen to me? I keep asking him for stock tips, but of course <laughs> he won't, he won't budge on that. But we've, oh, we've had some, we've had time travelers, many time travelers. Um, I guess, you know, what I try and do, and, and like you, I'm just, um, I'm a lubricant that one can rub all over a conversation. So we're having a conversation. You just spritz me all over that conversation and, and then just get it nice and just, just wet and lubed up and moving forward back and forth and in and out. And, and that's fine. And that's, that's, but also what I am is I am a point of solace for, for many listeners. We had a, we had a young woman call in the other day and her boyfriend, um, her boyfriend was a werewolf and she wasn't sure whether to marry him or not. She wasn't sure whether she could have children with him. I mean, we don't know in the lupine world how how do those genes get passed down? I mean, there's some there's some fundamentally kind of bizarre, challenging and arresting questions that come with the paranormal. Indeed, indeed. Uh, what do you think about some of these topics then? I mean, if you're talking to somebody who wants to marry or isn't sure if they should marry a werewolf, uh, you seem to have covered a lot of different topics. Now, on this week's episode for my show, I have a guy who came on and shared a story of a friend of his who had a grandfather who saw a Bigfoot stealing two of his sheep. And mm. he actually shot at the Bigfoot and had an overwhelming sense of fear. And I wanted to ask you, as somebody who's experienced with talking to these people, have you ever picked up anything where you're like... I, I certainly wouldn't do that. How would you react to, you know, seeing a Bigfoot stealing sheep? I mean, do you have any pearls of wisdom there for people to take with? Well, um, you know, what he, he should have grabbed his camera instead of his gun, and he'd probably be a very wealthy man, right? He could have sold yes. that, that sucker to the Weekly World News. Does that still exist? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, and <laughs> hello, $10,000 in my bank account later. Thank you. Thank you, camera. I would never shoot at a Bigfoot. I mean, what? What? How much does a couple of sheep cost? What is that? What is he at? Like three hundred dollars? <laughs> like big, big whoop de whoop. Right. right. Um, also, what happens if he wings it 
It turns on him. It's only been clipped. The gun jams. Now, that's a movie I would watch. That's a problem. That's a problem. That would be an excellent film. <laughs> it's almost like uh, Predator, you know, only it's Bigfoot coming after an old farmer. <laughs> I would leave a certain, I would just have a certain number of sheep that you you leave to the Bigfoot as an ancient human would make a sacrifice to the gods. That makes sense. I mean, if you get more sheep than you need, then there's always sheep there for the Bigfoot then. But do the Bigfoot utilize the wool? Hmm. That's that's the first place my my brain went to. I mean, what need have they for wool? Or is, is it just only for meat, which is such a shame. But I, I think Sasquatch have been known to use every part of the animal, um, much like their Native American forebears. Maybe it's to uh, blend into the surrounding during the wintertime when the snow's on the ground. You know, mm. maybe that's something there. Perhaps a woolen hat. There you go. You never mm -hmm. know. I mean, do Bigfoot actually lose hair as they get older? Maybe they have a need for the hat. Interesting. Interesting. Now, I wanted to ask you about, have you ever heard of the goat man? Have you ever heard of anybody calling in about a goat man? Now, I've heard of the goat man. I've read of the goat man. We've not had any callers. What can you tell me? Well, I was hoping you could tell me uh, because I'm not exactly sure what the goat man is. I wasn't sure if it was a Baphomet or something that was more sinister along the demonic lines. But again, on this week's show, I have a person coming on to talk about such things where he and his friend saw this looking like a half goat, half man creature. And mm. uh, they had some glow sticks outside this warehouse. They were doing paranormal investigations and it actually picked up their glow stick. And I just wasn't sure if you had any thoughts on Goatman, whether it was more along the lines of a demonic Baphomet or if it was some kind of cryptid like a Bigfoot. Or Chupacabra. The Yes, um, so many excellent questions. Now, could the Goatman be a satyr or a fawn? Um, as in from, you know, ancient Greek legend and mythology? Or is said goat man demonic? I, 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 think, it's, I think it has to do with creatures that cross over um, from the dark side. And I am guessing that uh, this goat men, I don't know if there's multiple or if it's just one. I'm going to assume there's, there's many. They may be scouts for uh, for the Dark Lord, for Satan himself. That's a possibility. That's a possibility. Now, have you heard of the hollow earth theory and stuff? Because maybe these creatures do come from the inner earth. Certainly, certainly. I, I, I do, now, I don't know whether the earth itself is hollow, but I don't, I don't understand why that simply couldn't be a, a portal from another dimension, from a dark dimension. Yes, yes. Uh, portals is something that people talk about coming across in the woods and seeing, you know, things coming in and out and stuff. So I've never heard of a goat man coming in and out of a portal and stuff, but uh, I'm sure the possibility is there for sure. Now, what about the duck men at the highest levels of the government? Half man, half duck. That is new to me. That's mm -hmm. something that you've heard of? I have. I have. And I think um, after work hours, they put their bills back on. But if you're able to, you know, uh, unbuckle their belt and drop their trousers, immediately you see giant white ruffly feathers on their bums. That's interesting. And these are, and these are people in housing and ur urban development and uh, in the defense department, you know, Edu Department of Education, IRS, highest levels. Wow. So are, do, are they higher than the reptilian people? Because I heard about the reptilians and stuff. I mean, are these duck men higher levels than that? 
I think there's uh, some kind of a, it's like a gang war. It's like the sharks and the jets, the duckmen versus the reptilian people, but in, in government. So now what's the difference between a duckman and a furry? Someone who just likes to put on an, a rabbit costume and, and cuddle and go to Comic-Cons. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one day we'll uh, come across one. We can ask them. I don't know, though. It's very I think interesting. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Now you're kind of like the paranormal Joe Rogan, aren't you? Uh maybe, <laughs> maybe. I I have uh, I'm I'm very uncomfortable being compared to somebody as great as him. But uh, it'd be amazing if I was. So I actually hope that you know I could just kind of follow in your footsteps and stuff. There you go. You, you've good actually- <laughs> answer, right answer. <laughs> I was, ding ding ding. Yeah, I was uh, I was grasping at straws there, but yes. Because you have actually laid the groundwork for 32 years. Now, 32 years. You brought up the the Duckmen. Now, do you go into the conspiracies and things like that? Like, I don't know, MK Ultra or things like that when it comes to your program? Are you open well, to Well, MK Ultra is not a conspiracy. It's a fact. It's a, you know, this was, you know, uh, celebrities at the highest level, uh, Hollywood denizens were being dosed with LSD uh, by the CIA. There's incontrovertible truth. Um, this is absolutely backed up by facts, but there are other, you know, quote unquote conspiracies that mm, some I, some I struggle with, um, viruses being created by 5G cell towers. Um, I'm not saying no, I am always, as you know, Tony, open to all possibilities, but, um, some of those, I, I, I have some questions. I have some questions. I, the, the jury's out. What about then, if we're going to talk about conspiracies and such, and, and I actually, you know, I understand where you're coming from with some of these things, but uh, UFOs, I, for the longest time, that was considered a conspiracy. But now we have our government coming out and saying that these things are real. And just next month, they're setting to uh, do some kind of disclosure. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? Um. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up, but this is a new day for all of us in the paranormal, supernatural fields. Um, A new day has dawned where finally the government has stopped denying the incontrovertible evidence of unidentified flying objects, um, that they are not human. They seem to be manned. Uh, They seem to be operating on some kind of higher level intelligence and technology. And it's just, it's just a fact. It always has been. Um, so this has uh, obviously greatly buoyed my spirits and, and, and others as well. My question is, if the aliens, why, what are they doing here? Like, are they watch? They just observing? Are they just waiting for World War Three? Are they kind of learning about culture perhaps they're listening to this podcast right now um but what 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 are they doing and and if so wouldn't they have a technology to be able to observe humanity without showing that they're here that's a great couldn't question. they be hiding behind the moon with like an antenna and like peek out occasionally and see what's going on do they really need to be flying their pyramid or tic tac shaped you know uh vessels, you know, over Cuba or over Mount Shasta, for Christ's sakes. I I never really thought about that. And that's a great question. Maybe there's an actual physical reason why they need to be here. Maybe they are considering 
revealing themselves to the world and you kind of have to be here to do that. You can't, I would imagine a hologram would be not the way to go because then people would say it's conspiracy. It's not real, but then so it's something, it's something more than simply observation, perhaps colonization. Maybe, maybe they planted us here a long time ago and they are now getting ready to say daddy's home. They're seeing how we're doing. Yes. And how are we doing, Tony? Not very good, <laughs> frankly. Not very good at all. That's that's very true. Uh, well, listen, Mr. Terry Carnation, uh, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, because a lot of people have been emailing me asking me where to find your program, which yes. I don't understand why they <laughs> haven't been able to find it. But if you could just clear... Just open your computer and use Bing. Exactly. <laughs> or ask Jeeves. Exactly. It's all there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, it's, it seems like a little bit of conspiracy to me that people can't find your program as if somebody doesn't want it to be found. So if you could just... Oh, it's people. ridiculous. Well, as you know, I'm a terrestrial radio, KSB, Los Angeles. That is a little bit difficult to find. But these kids these days, and I'm sure you're aware of this, what we used to call a radio show, they now just record uh, and call a podcast. Why do they call it a podcast, Tony? Because it is available to download on your iPod. And... Uh, hence the word podcast. So that's what we've been doing with Dark Air with Terry Carnation is recording it. Uh, it's a radio show. It's also a bit of an audio book and it is a podcast. So for instance, I have an iPod, um, second generation. I can, I can have 147 songs stored on this thing. That's 147 on, and it's, I mean, it's the size of a of a cigarillo. Uh, so just go to wherever podcasts are downloaded and just download it right onto your iPod and then you can listen to it at any time. Awesome. Well, I'm sure people are going to be absolutely thrilled now that they know exactly where to find your program. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Tony, I wish you the very best with your show. Um, this has been a wonderful confession. I actually was going to, con- I thought this was a Catholic podcast. <laughs> I was going to be confessing some, some of my darker crimes, but, but um, Hey, if you want to go ahead and do that, we can do that. That's fine with me. <laughs> or maybe another time. I killed my cousin Walter when I was seven. Oh, okay. Um, well, I don't know if that's the exact confession we're looking for, uh, that that there might be liabilities involved. We were playing here. with a sit-in, riding a lawnmower, and um, I backed into him and shredded his leg, and he bled to death in front of my eyes. Were were you? A- <coughs> so it was an accident. It's okay. It's all right. It was an accident, but the the screams that preceded this event were were just us. Who- Horse, it was just horseplay. I swear it was horseplay. It was not an argument. We were not fighting. And when I was shouting at him, you deserve to die, Walter. I was, we were playing a spy game. So, um, but, uh, do you have anything for, do you have any, retribution for me do you have any any i i really think you might have had the program confused with a different type of program uh i i I don't oh it just feels so good to get that off my chest 
Oh, finally. Well, I'm, I'm glad I was able to help mm. you with that, really. But um, do it, you forgive me, Tony? Yeah, yeah. Does I, Joe Rogan forgive me? Uh yeah, yeah. We, we're 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 all good here, sir. We're all good here. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I feel, I feel. 20 pounds lighter, which I could stand to lose a few. <laughs> and um, thank you so much. And it was nice talking about the paranormal with you as well. So win-win, double bonus. Win-win. Thanks a lot, sir. Thank you for having me. That got awkward. <laughs> yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want more shows every week on Thursdays, we release a bonus show to members only on the website. So if that interests you and you want more of the show, just go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. And also, if you want to prepare, go ahead and prepare with the confessionals.com that's prepare with the confessionals.com there you can get yourself emergency supply food that will last up to 25 years on the shelf and right now friends we're talking about a lot of hyperinflation going on and people are a little concerned about where that could lead so make sure you and your family are prepared with the food that you guys need for a long stay at home possibly that's prepare with the confessionals.com now today we have Jamal coming on the show and Jamal was on the show before and he shared a lot of his experiences from the Native American perspective with the Skinwalker and his experiences with such entities. And today he's back to talk about Bigfoot and Goatman. These are jaw-dropping stories. I'm really glad Jamal is here to share them with you. So let's get to Jamal right now. All right, today we got a returning guest to the show. We have Jamal. Jamal, how you doing, man? Good. How you doing, Johnny? I'm doing good, man. So, uh, long time no talk, right? No, actually, it's been about a month yeah. for us now. <laughs> Just about a month, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be a month for everybody else. I have no idea when these two interviews are going to be aired and all that stuff. But, uh, dude, man, the first interview that I did with you impressed me a lot, and I had to have you back on. And I think, if I remember correctly, you and I scheduled it right there after we were done recording, right? Yeah, right after the interview was done, yeah. which was surprising me, so. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I mean, there was no, all right, reach out to Lindsay and she'll get a schedule. I'm like, let's get it done now. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, by the time everybody's hearing this interview, they had heard the first one. So hopefully everybody enjoyed the first one because they're going to get more of you today. Uh, but listen, we're going to talk about a lot of different topics today, or at least we're going to go through as many topics as we can today, um, just to give the audience a brief outlook as to what we're still going to be talking about with you. Uh, I have a list here of aliens, Bigfoot, little people, goat men, ghost boy, and levitating witch. And I'm sure you might sprinkle some other stuff in there too. So uh, yeah, <laughs> Jamal, man, I'm really excited about talking to you. Let's start off with the Bigfoot stuff, man. Talk to me. What do you got? Okay, so uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show a second time. It's an honor. Um, well, well I'll, I'll get right into it. All right, so we'll start off with uh, the Bigfoot stories that I have. Um, so you know, I've, I've always been a believer in Bigfoot. Um, 
that's just kind of the person I am. I'm pretty open-minded. Uh, but what really got me started on Bigfoot is a story that my friend, and this is the same friend from the first interview we did. Uh, we, we tend to, uh, we're into the same thing. So every story he has, he tells me and every story I have, I tell him, but this is a story of his grandfather is who, uh, you know, a lot of native Americans, you know, they, 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 take care of sheep and uh usually like during the summer times they're in the mountains uh and then when it's cold they come down from the mountains so they usually have like two homes so they're always my, are going back and forth between them uh but this story takes place in the summertime um because uh or yeah it takes place in the summertime uh and he my friend's grandfather just got done taking his sheep up to the mountain and it's half he's, he's heard things before, uh, but he doesn't really pay too much mind to it. Uh, but I guess this one time, um, when he was up there during the summertime, he was, uh, asleep. And this is probably around maybe nine or 10, uh, PM. So it was pretty dark. Uh, and usually the elderly, elderly around here, they, they like to go to sleep early, get up early. Uh, it's just kind of how it is. Um, but he was asleep and he, it's just him. He has a gun, uh, and he has, uh, a few sheep that he, uh, tends to. So he's asleep. He hears like his sheep, uh, like something's have, there's some kind of commotion going on. So he hears his sheep like yelling. <laughs> so he doesn't like, he doesn't know what's going on. So he, he gets up, he puts his shoes on, gets his jacket. He walks outside with his gun to see what's going on. Um, and right now he's kind of just like on his porch and it's a clear night, the moon's shining. So it's pretty lit, but, and his, uh, sheep curl is not that far from his house. Um, and he hears them yelling and he's kind of confused. Um, and when he puts his glasses on and he kind of like is taking a closer look out there to see what's going on. Cause maybe he's sneaking, uh, maybe like a bear or something, a bobcat or something, some kind of wild animal might be, um, there with his sheep or something. So he gets a little closer and he maybe gets maybe a couple of feet from his house and he sees something stand up and it's, it's like, it's huge. Um, the way my friend described it, uh, the way his grandfather described it, it was like, it was tall and it was had very like broad shoulders. Uh, and it was probably around maybe eight, eight and a half, nine feet tall. It was pretty big. So, He's just standing there staring at this thing and uh and this this Bigfoot or Sasquatch uh grabs two of his grandfather's sheep and kind of just like chucks them over both his shoulders and he's just walking away. And what my friend's grandfather uh, did in that moment was he was just, he was just frozen. He didn't know like what to do. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. Um, and so the only thing he could think of was to 
shoot in the direction of the Sasquatch to try to get it to drop his sheep. So he aims the rifle down. Uh, I don't think he intentionally wanted to shoot it, um, but he did shoot in its general direction. And when it fired, he said this thing just, it, it stopped like where it was, it stopped in its path and it, it turned around and it, it looked at him um, and it just like, just stared at him. And that's, that's all he said is it just stared at him. Like it was like angry and he kind of got this weird, like feeling like, like the thing was like, he felt like the thing was telling him not, not like telepathically, but it's just the feeling he got. Like, it, like I said, like, like you don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he just lowered his gun and he kind of just like started backing away into his house. Uh, and then the Sasquatch just slowly turns back into the direction he was heading. And then he just starts walking away with both the sheep on his shoulders. And he's just like casually just walking away from the corral. Uh, and like his friend's grandfather goes back into his house and he kind of, he's, he's just like, awake for the rest of the night until morning comes and he didn't really know what to do. So I guess he kind of just started like getting his sheep together, got on his horse and made his way back down to the, um, back to his house out of the mountains. Uh, and I think he spent the rest of the summer, uh, away from the mountains because he didn't want to deal with any of that. (laughs) So he was kind of scared, I guess in a way. And this, I think this happened like in the early two thousands, somewhere around there. So it was, so when I heard that story, I was kind of just like, Whoa, that's, that's pretty cool. And then also there was, um, this same friend, uh, it's his aunt, his uncle and his cousins, uh, in the mountains, um, this is all on the reservation, by the way. Uh, I should have mentioned that earlier, but it's on the reservation. It's on a mountain uh, called Chesh- Cheshka, Cheshka Mountain. Uh, it's a pretty long stretch of mountain. It's not huge, but it's there. It, it kind of divides. Uh, it's, kind of weird. it's kind of funny. It divides New Mexico from Arizona, kind of. Um, but I guess his aunt uncle have a cabin in the woods that they like to spend time in whenever they can, uh, usually during the summertime. Uh, and one time he did go up there. It was the first and only time he kind of went up there. Um, but his aunt invited him out there to spend time with, uh, his cousins in the mountains and he was up for it. So he goes, uh, into the mountains and they're, they arrive at the cabin. Everything's, pretty normal and nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and when like it starts getting dark, probably around eight, eight, eight thirty, uh, they start telling them to get inside. Um, and that they're going to go ahead and start locking up the cabin. And he was kind of confused. He didn't know what's going on. He just, he thought it was kind of strange because, uh, I think he wanted to, kind of hang out at night and just hang out with his cousins. Uh, but they, his aunt and uncle told them to all come inside. So they did. And I guess his cousins were 
you know, it's like a routine. Like whenever they go up there, it's something they always do. So they don't really like question it. So they're kind of used to it, but he's kind of just like, my friends just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, and then they get everything locked up and they have these like weird, like blackout, uh, curtains that they put over the windows, uh, on the outside. So they do that. And he was just like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and then they inside they have these uh wooden boards that they kind of just put up against the window, and then they have these uh locks that they put on the doors on the inside, like a few of them uh and then uh, they have a generator up there, so they turn that off uh and there's only one light source coming from a lamp, and it's like a very dim kind of a light, so again, my friend's just like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> Like, I don't know what's going on here. So uh, when it's it's probably like around 9, 9.15, and he gets a little curious, so he asks his uh, aunt and uncle, like, Gil, like what's, what's going on? Why are you guys uh, doing this? It's kind of weird. And they just told him that he'll, he'll, he'll know uh, in a bit, but they just tell him to, like, you know, be quiet, try not to make too much noise. Don't move around too much. Just lay down and be quiet. Um, and so he <laughs> was kind of confused, but you know he's their guest, so he kind of just like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll do that. Uh, and then around like nine thirty, uh, he's he's laying down. He's on the floor. He's sleeping on the floor. Him and his cousins are sleeping in the room or in the living room, and his aunt and uncle are sleeping in their room. And, um. It's dark. Windows are kind of blocked out. Doors are heavily locked. Uh, and he just hears like some really loud thumping outside. Uh, and he looks toward his cousins and they're just like, have their, like one of them has like their finger over his mouth. Just like, Shh, be quiet. Don't, don't make too much noise. Jeez. And, and he's, he, he's, yeah. So he's, confused but he's starting to get a little scared at this point he's like what what's going on i don't know <laughs> so it's just cousins are just like you just you just gotta be quiet <laughs> and then he hears the thumping getting louder and louder like it's coming toward his uh their his cousin's cabin and then he hears like something like right outside the door and it's it's kind of just like feeling like around the door like it's i don't know if it's like just curious or it's trying to get get in but it's it it it's there for maybe a couple of seconds and then he says it starts he starts hearing the thumping like walk around the house go toward the windows uh and then he hears something like a noise like something breaking uh and i guess this thing uh pulled that blackout curtain thing off the outside of the, uh, the cabin. Uh, and that, that kind of just went on for about 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. And my friend's just scared. And his cousins are just like, you just, you just gotta be quiet, man. Just don't make any noise. Like, and then 30, 40 minutes pass. And this thing, he just hears it like walking away slowly. And he like, and like before it walked away, he heard like like this thing was like 
kind of like frustrated or something. Like it, I think it was like curious. I wanted to see what was happening in this cabin. And I guess it's not the first time it's happened. Hence why they had kind of had everything like boarded up everybody indoors before it got too dark and everything locked up. Um, but he kind of heard like some like huffing or something. Um, and around like 10 30 11 he's still awake he's scared he doesn't know what is happening and he's looking at his cousin and then they kind of start talking a little normal they're no longer whispering and they're just like yeah like it's like all right it's like oh, sorry this, this happens uh a lot when we're up here you just gotta be quiet and let it do its thing and then we're good um and he's just like, what is that? And his cousin's just like, oh, it's a, the the Sasquatch. It's a, it's a Bigfoot. And there was like, and he, so they were just like kind of just going back and forth, talking about it all night. Uh, and they eventually, eventually he falls asleep because his cousin falls asleep first. And he's kind of just like bored there. Um, and he's like kind of thinking like, well, if they can fall asleep with this thing outside, then I'm pretty sure I'm fine. Uh, so he falls asleep. Come morning, he asks his uncle and auntie about them, and they kind of just said the same thing his cousin said. He's like, "Yeah, it's a, it's a bigfoot. It it, hap- it happens more often than we'd like, but we were prepared for it." And I see he was kind of scared, so he just wanted to go home. So they were like, "All right, well, we'll take you home." And that was his uh, his weekend trip with his his cousins. And when he told me that story, uh. I was just like, "Whoa, that is cool!" Like, like, do you mind if your aunt and uncle invite me out there? I kind of want to experience this <laughs> myself. <laughs> I want to see this. <laughs> but yeah, he, I guess he kind of just kind of like uh, backed away from the his aunt and uncle. That 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 part, that side of the family, he kind of just like kind of stayed away from them. He didn't want to go back up to the mountains anymore with them. So yeah, that was I was pretty. <laughs> pretty cool experience that he had um and <clears throat> this just kind of like added to my uh belief like i believe even more now that bigfoot is real um and this one's kind of like my own personal story like so when it happened i didn't really think too much of it i kind of forgot about it for a little bit but like I think like a year or two ago, I kind of like gave it some thought because I was just listening to your podcast and I was also listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. Um and it kind of triggered this memory. Um I mean it's always been there, but like the scary side of, or the, the, the weird side of of that story, it kind of like came back and <laughs> because like I was like trying to remember like why did i rush out of that area so fast i can't remember uh and then when i started hearing your podcast um sasquatch chronicles it kind of like triggered it it's like oh that's that's why i got out of that area so fast (laughs) but basically when i was younger uh, my stepfather had a four-wheeler and I would always like every chance I would I would get I'd get on it and go for a ride. Um and this is out on the reservation. Um and this was probably I think we we just got out of school. Um and my sister 
Jess and I were home alone. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go for a ride on the four-wheeler. I'll be back later. And then my younger sister, who's a year younger than me, um, was like, hey, I want to go with you. Like, I want to go for a ride. And I was like, all right, let's go. So we we go out back to uh, my parents' house, start up the four-wheeler. And it's about like 7, 7.30. My parents aren't back yet. Um, I'm pretty sure they're probably working late that day. Um, and we go for a ride and we, uh, head, we go, uh, I'm not good with directions. Um, say South, we, we go South, uh, probably about half a mile. Uh, we have to ride on the road for a little bit. Then we get off a little trail and that's the trail I took. Uh, and it heads to a little ditch. Uh, a lot of people kind of use it. If they have like uh, motorcycles or four wheelers or something, they kind of just hang out there. So I was like, okay, we'll go there. There's some pretty cool like hills we can ride up or something. So we go there, we get there, and we're kind of just like going up and down the hills in that area. You know, just uh, being kids, hanging out, having fun. Uh, and then like <clears throat> I stopped because my sister was like, like, yeah, can I, can I, do, can I drive it? And I was like, uh, like I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, I was like, all right, fine. Uh, and like, I left the engine on. Uh, I was getting ready to get off, and we were at the bottom of this ditch. Uh, and I kind of like, I'm just looking around because I get this weird feeling like something's watching me. Uh, and that's that's one feeling I that confuses me a lot when people get the feeling that something's watching them. That's something I got. So I, I was looking around, and uh, around a corner there's something standing there. Uh, so the ditch is kind of like it curved and like it curved to the right and we're at the bottom and my sister's getting ready to get off. And I'm just looking in this direction because I have a feeling there's like, there's something here watching me and I'm just staring. And this thing is, it's big. It's like, it's covered in fur it was a very dark brown, maybe black color. Uh, and it, it's just like, it just like slowly like peeks out around the corner with its hands on the, uh, like the, the, the really steep hill. And it's just like looking at us and I'm like, my eyes are wide open. And I'm like, Oh my God, what is that? What is that? And so when I, I tell my sister like, "Hey, do you see that? Are you, are you like, can you see this?" And she looks up and she starts screaming. Uh, and I just, I just tell her to hang on. And when she, my sister like puts her arm around me, I just take off on the four wheeler. I turn around as quickly as I can, and I start going up this hill because uh, I was, I was kind of scared. Like I didn't know what that was. Uh, when I turn to look back, it's kind of just like barely peeking out looking at us uh and i just turned turned back straight look back forward and i'm out of there uh and for the longest time i couldn't remember like the details of it i just knew it was big it was furry and it was very dark uh and it was just staring at us <laughs> and i think it was just like curious like what are these guys doing here because i have heard stories of from uh friends and family like the they're the Sasquatch Bigfoot like to use these ditches to like go in between places. Cause it's low. 
vehicles can't see them when they're driving by, uh, and there's these tunnels throughout the area that they can just kind of take cover in. So um, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm positive I might have saw a Sasquatch then. If not, maybe a Dogman. I'm not sure. Or Yeah, well, the Dogman thing is kind of new to me. I've always thought of these things as like werewolves or something. So uh, the Dogman Bigfoot phenomenon, would you rather have it be a Bigfoot or a Dogman? I would rather have it be a Bigfoot because that's what I kind of grown up on. And the dog man thing is pretty new to me. I, it's something I like, I'm, I'm open-minded, but it's something that I can't really wrap my head around. Really. It's, <laughs> I think it's, it's a little weird. I think it's funny. You're like, I'm open-minded, but last show we talked about skinwalker. Now we're talking about Bigfoot, little people, goat man, ghost boy, aliens. <laughs> and you're like, I'm open-minded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, werewolves, I've seen them in movies, um, but, like, in real life, I've never actually, like, heard stories about it. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I would say it was it might be a, a dogman or a werewolf is because its mouth area was, like, kind of elongated a little bit. Not too much. Uh, and when I heard your podcast, Sasquatch Chronicles, talking about dogman, describing them, I was like, it I have no idea. Like I was pretty certain it was a Sasquatch, but I might be wrong. It might be a dogman or werewolf or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> very confusing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. it, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, you go ahead. <laughs> I mean, these categories are definitely confusing. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's hard to yeah. make sense as to what's what. It's hard to understand what Sasquatch is, Bigfoot, or any of these other topics and stuff. Uh, but oh, yeah. what we do know is that people are seeing this stuff out there. And there's more than one person seeing this stuff. I mean, there's lots and lots of people. So from somebody who hasn't seen any of these things, that's why I go forward with it. Because I start thinking, man, these things got to be real if everybody's seen them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, those are... Those are uh the few Sasquatch stories that I have that kind of stand out. Um, well, let me ask you then, real quick, your friend here. Yeah. Uh, now he has this experience in, in the, his uh, cousin's home and mm -hmm. the whole family is just like, yeah, it's Sasquatch. We prefer them not to come around, but they come around. He says that he hasn't yeah. gone back. He doesn't go back there anymore. Uh, is it that like he feels it, it, I'm assuming it's the area, not the family, right? That's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, it's it's, it's the area because it uh, there's like so many like. So I will say this: the mountains, especially the mountains, uh, but pretty much all over the reservation, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on out there. And I think that was just like it was too close of a chance that he was comfortable with. So he he was just like he didn't want to do it again. He didn't want to experience that again. Um, yeah, yeah. Because like I I think he he's interested in this stuff, but he might be a little like kind of scared to find it. Because uh, and then in the previous interview, I talked was telling about the the weird humanoid thing toward the end where. Uh, we were on top of a daycare and I wanted to go down because I wanted to get a closer look at this thing. And my friend, he didn't want to go down. <laughs> he didn't want to mess with that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, but yeah. Um, and then 
uh, it's probably like 2013, 14. But my, uh, I guess there's like a huge hype about a Sasquatch footprints that were found up in those mountains or like down below the mountains, uh, not too far from where my sister's ex lives. I guess his father's is like a, like a ranger. And he was on like in charge of that case to figure out what this thing was. But apparently someone found Sasquatch footprints. It was in the newspaper and everything. Um, people were talking about it, uh, where I work and I guess nothing came of it. I think they just kind of let it go. And that was kind of it. Yeah. It's interesting when that kind of stuff pops up in the news and, you know, they make a big stink about it because, uh, it's, I mean, yeah, footprints are, they're interesting and, you know, it's tangible evidence that something either really big was there or somebody was trying to make you think something was really big there. But it's that tangible evidence that, you know, the skeptics especially are looking for. They're just like, I, I if if it's out there, I got to believe it by, you know, the evidence, the the whatever it leaves behind or seeing it myself. Uh, but, you know, there's so much stuff going on with Bigfoot and these sightings that, I mean, if they really wanted to focus in on the topic, they, they'd they have a treasure trove of things to write about because <laughs> footprints, is, yeah. footprints is the least of it, you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah, those are my, uh, those are my, those are my, the few assessments that I have. I mean, like, any chance I get to talk to anybody about this, hear their stories or stories they've heard, I will, you know, listen and tell them my stories, exchange stories. Uh, for me, I like building up a collection of whatever, like, paranormal, supernatural, weird stories that people have and just kind of take that and add it to my little story inventory so I can tell it to other people later. Well, all right. So those are your Sasquatch stories. Uh, where do you want to go from here? I mean, we got plenty of topics to talk about. Uh, would you like to talk about the... Let's do this. Let's let's go Goatman, since that's kind of like the next type of cryptid on the list that actually isn't an alien. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, Goatman. So this one's kind of new to me. Uh, and... Um, and my when I when I say it was probably like I've only I've known about it for like maybe five six years, um, and so I've never heard of anything about like Goatman or anything. So it's like it's like you like I seen the movie called Black Sheep where it's like these weird like sheep that turn into like monsters or something, and I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. Uh, but I never thought it was like an actual thing, like a like a half man, half goat kind of a creature, I guess you can say. Um, but what kind of uh, turned me on to the topic was what happened uh, uh, a couple years ago. Uh, it was a me, uh, the same friend <laughs> that is Sasquatch and the skinwalker the same same guy same friend it's me it's him and there's this girl that he likes he has like a huge crush on her and uh <laughs> and then my idea was like hey why don't you invite her out to one of our uh one of our hunts and see what kind of scary stuff we can find <laughs> and he's like okay let's do that um 
So that's just that's just what, that's just what you know, I've I've always been that kind of a person. Like let's go look for something something weird. So he invites her, uh, and we decide to go in her vehicle since she has a truck. Uh, and at this time, my friend didn't have a vehicle, uh, and I had a vehicle, but it—I don't like taking it off road. <laughs> um, but we get we she lives probably about an hour away. My friend's already at my parents' place. He was staying the weekend there, uh, and she decides to drive all the way out to pick us up and then we go to this area which is this middle school that i used to go to it's called tohalina community school it's it's on the reservation it's just below the cheshka mountain uh and this is kind of where a lot of like stuff kind of happens there's like a lot of stuff that happens here like a whole lot but anyways so it's a fairly new building, I think it's our facility. Um, I think they have like preschool all the way to eighth grade, and then that's the sort of only like classes they have. Um, but it's, I think the 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 new uh, facilities have been there for maybe fifty years or so, forty fifty years. Um, before that, there's a old school that's right next to it but those are like they they look kind of just like housings and they're buildings and those have been there for a long time and those were like boarding schools and uh for like native americans not a happy place which is why i think there's a lot of like negative energy there because there's just so much stuff that went on there but <laughs> that might be a story for another time um <clears throat> but these buildings that we were in where the old school was is abandoned so it's just this big area just full of like buildings that are just falling apart and uh we decided to go there because we wanted to see something we didn't know what we were looking for we just went in there with an open mind like oh let's see what we find maybe we'll find something maybe we'll see a skinwalker Maybe we'll see an alien. Maybe we'll see a Bigfoot. <laughs> we'll see. So we get there. We pull up. Uh, and we're kind of just hanging out in my uh, friend's crush's truck. I'll just call her my friend, too. But she, we sat in her truck. We were there for, like, 20 minutes. And we were kind of just, like, exchange, exchanging scary stories. Just trying to uh, get us, like, <laughs> in the mood, hyped up to go look for the stuff. Uh, she didn't have any scary stories to tell because I think she kind of just kind of tends to stay away from this stuff. Um, but we tell her all of our experiences of stuff that kind of went on around there. Um, and so, um, we're like, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's get out. Let's go, uh, let's go look in some of these houses. Uh, I mean, we're not supposed to be in these houses, but, um, we do it anyways. I think a lot of people do it because if you go inside these abandoned buildings, they're tacked up with a oh, lot yeah. of graffiti. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's these uh, abandoned building or yeah, buildings. There's like five. So when you're going toward the school, you go up to a curve and there's five buildings on the right side and there's uh, like another lane. That road's closed off, but another lane with six or seven 
buildings on each side that are abandoned. And then you go further down the road, uh, and it's the new facility. It's probably like maybe half a mile long. And then there's the old school building, which is like this huge white house. It's like a... I think it's where they did the majority of their classes and stuff, but it's like huge. It's abandoned. A lot of stories for that too. There too, <laughs> like a lot of paranormal ghost stories for that building too. Um, but we pull up to the houses on the right side of the road. We're parked behind the buildings. There's a little like pathway. People will kind of just like go, they go back there. They're parked there. Uh, but we get out of the vehicle. We're walking around. We're seeing which houses are open. Um, because we don't really want to like if it's broke if it's already broken then we'll go in um if it's pretty heavily boarded we're not going to try to go in there um but apparently but there's like building in the middle uh and the board it had like boards on the window before but this time it was removed so there's just this glass like there and the window was probably like maybe a foot foot and a half by two feet high and like a foot and a half wide so we're like all right let's let's go in this building let's see what's in here uh and also i should mention this is probably this is around like 10 11 p.m we like to do this stuff at night because it's the best time to do it so <laughs> we go to this building the board's gone and we're like okay let's break the window let's see what's in this thing so we broke the window uh, there's still glass on there. So, uh, I was wearing a sweater. I took it off and I kind of just put it on the glass just so we don't cut ourselves. Uh, and then we jump in or I go in first and then my friend comes in and then his crush comes in and, uh, <clears throat> we're all in that building. We're just kind of like flipping around. We have like two flashlights and we got these like glow sticks like the weird we got them from a a place here called the bunker it's like they sell like a bunch of like surplus supplies or something and they have these really huge glow sticks that are like really bright so we got a couple of those we cracked one threw it on the ground and it lit up the whole room and there's like several rooms and we're kind of just like looking around in them seeing what we can find uh just exploring and then we hear something walking around outside and we're kind of like like like, like, yeah, like hey everybody be quiet just, just listen and we hear like something walking around i sound like hooves and me i'm trying to think logically and like or realistically here and like i might it might just be like some gears like we're, i think we're fine um <clears throat> so we're like, okay well, it might be like some gears um but uh, it started like walking around the building that we were in and we're kind of just like, like it's, it's a very curious deer. Like, what is it? What is it doing? But it didn't sound like it had, it was walking on four legs. It sounded like it was just two hooves on the ground and the ground's pretty solid around there. And we hear like twigs breaking. Uh, and then we hear like, uh, like some heavy breathing. And we're like, do deers do that? Do deers like heavy breathe? Like, I'm just like asking my friend that. And he's like, I don't know. Like, I never, I don't spend that much time around deers. I'm like, oh, well, it's kind of weird. Like, maybe we should just be quiet. Cause I feel like something, I feel like that's not a deer outside. 
and we just like were just silent and uh my friend standing close to the to his friend uh and I'm just like standing there like like all right like just silent for like maybe a minute uh and we start to hear like a and I'm just like what the I don't think deers do that it doesn't sound like a deer <laughs> and my friends her friends looking at the his the girl and she's just like got her hand over her mouth and she's like, like I think she was like really terrified of what was happening and then he's just kind of like got his arm around her like I'm just over there like I mean like in situations like this I tend to make jokes just to try to lighten the mood <laughs> so i'm just like hey man like you want to hold me too man i'm scared too <laughs> so um uh he's just looking at me he's like shut up and i'm like i'm sorry sorry and we're just like quiet again for maybe another couple of seconds and then we start hearing it like walk toward like we hear it like on the right side of the building right we're faced toward the window that we were in and on the right side we hear it like walking in it and we didn't want it to find the window that we were we came in from because we didn't want it to block our our only way out. Um, so we look around really quick, and we find the board. And I guess it was the board that was on the, uh, like on the outside. So like <clears throat> we hurry up and like get to the window. We reach out, we grab it, we pull it in, and then we kind of just push it up against the window. And we're just like really quiet. My friends in the with the girl, and I just got my hands pushed up against the board. Uh, and I'm just like we're just like really quiet. And then we hear it like walk right next to the window, and it's standing there. I think it might have heard us. We we're trying to be as quiet as possible, but obviously that's not going to happen. <laughs> so we're, it's standing there outside. We hear it breathing again. It's just making that noise that I made earlier. Just, oh, oh. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is like, I'm just thinking this in my head. Like, like I hope it doesn't, like, it's like, please go away, please go away, please go away, please go away. And then we, and then, like, it just gets quiet. And I'm not sure if it's still there. I didn't hear it walk off, so obviously I'm not going to move the board. Uh, and then we start hearing it, like, walk away from the window and it sounds like it's going towards uh my friend's tr- girl's truck uh and then i'll it just sure like start fading away and I, okay i was like okay i think it's gone like uh, i looked toward my friend and it's like hey man do you want to get out of here and he's like yeah let's go let's go so I, I slowly put the board down and then uh I, I kind of I look out the window to see what's like, see if it's still there, and I'm just looking out the window for a couple seconds, and I'm like I think like, I, 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 I kind of like glance toward my friend, and I'm like I think it's gone. Like let's go. So I, I was the first one to go through, so I put my sweater back on the window, I crawl back through the, the window, and then uh, my sweater falls. So I went to go pick it up and then I hear something. Uh, so like right behind me, I'm facing the window, picking up my sweater. 
and I hear it behind me. I hear like a little twig break, and then I just hear that same thing, just like, oh, and I'm like, oh my god! I, I look back and I don't see anything, and like I'm like I'm like I'm in shock. I'm like I'm in, like I'm scared. I don't know what to do or what's going on or what's going to happen. And so I look toward my friend slowly because it's it's pretty dark. I mean, there's a bunch of trees everywhere, uh, and it's cloudy, so I couldn't really see. So I just looked toward my friend. And I was like, hey, throw me a glow stick. And he's like, okay. He's like, break it, break it, and then give it to me. So he does it. He breaks it, and he shakes the glow stick to like lighten it up. He hands it to me slowly, and then like as soon as he gives it to me, I grab it. I turn around and I just chuck this thing toward where I heard the the sounds coming from, and it was between a tree and where my uh, friend's crush's truck is parked. Um, I chuck it toward there uh, with no like I wasn't aiming or anything. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna throw it here. So I threw it, and this thing it was like maybe five five and a half feet tall and it was very like i mean like brown longish curly hair and it just jumps out from behind the tree and grabs the glow stick and then jumps in the back of my friend's uh girlfriend's truck crush this truck and as soon as i saw that because like when i was looking i threw it i saw it grabbed it and the glow stick was just gone and i was I, like i ice cream and i was like like oh fuck and i turned around really quick i mean i didn't put i didn't care to put the sweater back on the glass i i, I was just wanted to get away from this thing so i turned around and i just jump through that little window and like I got cuts on my arms my pants got torn up from the glass but at the moment in the moment I didn't feel it because I was just like it was all that adrenaline was kicking in and as soon as I jumped through the window I grabbed that board that we got and I turned around and I hurry up and pushed it against the window again I was just like breathing really hard but I was like trying to keep it like quiet as possible but I was breathing like really hard, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, my friends like, 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 what did you see? And I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and and he's like, hey man, what did you see? And I was just like, dude, you took a fucking glow stick. And he's like, what? It's like, what is it? It's like I have no idea, but it's 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 it, it's 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 standing on two feet, and it's it it it, it just jumped out and took the glow stick. And he's just like, oh my god! And then my his friend, his crush, the girl, she started like cheering up a little bit, and he just kind of walks toward her, puts his arm around her, is like, is like almost like, like it's like, it's okay. We're like, if anything, we'll we'll defend you. <laughs> and I'm just like with a board against the window. I'm like shaking, <laughs> still trying to catch my breath. And, and then like I started feeling like wet, like on the my arm, and I like I was like, oh crap, I'm bleeding. <laughs> and we're there for maybe uh let's say ten, fifteen minutes. Um and like maybe like a quarter of the way through that, 
I asked my friend, I was like, hey man, can you, can you, can you grab, can you hold the board up against the window? And he's like, yeah. So he kind of, we trade places and I'm just like over there and I'm like, like crap, I'm bleeding. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So like, uh, I asked my friend, I was like, man, can you give me, can you give me your, can you give me your, your shirt? Uh, and he was like, what? Like, yeah, I was like, I know you wear two shirts. Give me one of your shirts. He was like, why? He's like, dude, I'm, I'm fucking bleeding here. And he's like, okay, fine. So I give me one of the shirt and I kind of just wrap it around my arm a little bit. Uh, and once the 15, 10, 15 minutes passed by, we, we don't hear anything. Um, so we're like, maybe, like, maybe it's gone. Maybe he got bored of waiting for us. So he lowered the thing and uh, he was like, all right, let's go. And I was like, uh, and I was like, okay, well, you you go first. I'm not going to go first. <laughs> so he goes, and his the the girl gives him his her keys. He unlocks it, uh, and then he kind of he's just kind of just like looking around, keeping the lookout, making sure this thing doesn't come back. Uh, and then I help her through, uh, and then I come through, and then we just like slowly make our way toward the her truck because we don't want to make that much noise uh i got in the back seat she got in the driver he got in the passenger and we got in she turned it on and we just left and we kind of just like like my friend's like can you just can you like what did you see can you describe to me what you saw and i was like yeah it looked like it was covered in fur it was like a brown ish color fur and it had hooves like i could hear hooves on the ground it didn't have feet uh but it had like a person's hands um but it was covered in fur and it just it grabbed the glow stick and he's like did you get a good look at the face i'm like no yeah like i just i i was just looking at the glow stick and as soon as i saw the thing grab the glow stick and it kind of like duck behind the truck that's that's all i saw i didn't really care to find out what it was i just turned around as quickly as i could and got back in that building and like what do you think it was i'm just like standing there like maybe a goat man or something a sheep man or something it might be that uh he's like i've never heard of that before and i was like i've never heard of that before either like i don't know what to think it's just uh and so she drops us off she heads home. Um, and me and my friend are just kind of going back and forth on this whole situation that just happened. Uh, and then I take a look at my cuts and they weren't that deep, uh, but there w- it was a lot of blood. And so I had to uh, throw my friend's shirt in trash. Uh, and then uh, I guess a couple days later, it was back to a work week. I went to work. And uh, I was talking to a couple of friends of mine about what happened over the weekend. And one of my friends from work was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a goat man. Like, it sounds like he saw a goat man or something. And I was like, a goat? Like, we didn't think that was an actual thing. Like, can you can you tell me more? It's like, oh, yeah, there are people see them all over the reservation. Uh, yeah, because there's this, like, road between Burnham or between Newcomb and Shiprock, which is like on the reservation, there's like a place called Table Mesa, which is basically just this mesa. It's like flat all around it, and it's just this mesa, like right in the middle of it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, like I like 
a couple of me and my friends see like a goat, like this weird goat man thing on top of the Mesa. And he just likes to watch people drive by. And was like, yeah, he's like, he's harmless. He, he doesn't like, like, I'd say he's never heard stories of like this thing being like violent. Like it's just a very curious creature. It's, that's all it is. And I was just like, <laughs> I just, I just looked at him, my friend. And I was like, well, the goat man stole my glow stick. <laughs> I want my glow stick back. <laughs> so, um, and that was, that was a pretty like intense experience at the time. Uh, and I guess my stepfather, stepdad, he saw a similar thing. Uh, and this was coming down the hill into the town that I live in now coming off the reservation. He was probably <clears throat> a couple a couple of weeks later from when this whole thing happened he dropped me off from at work uh and then he drives to work it's easier that way save save time save money on gas and stuff so we usually ride to work together but he drops me off and he's coming down that hill and he just like he's looking on the side of the road he's the only one there and this is like 5:30 in the morning um, five, yeah, about five thirty, and he sees this like thing on the side of the road. He's got his like lights on it, but it said it looked like it was like a, it was like a really like huge, like sheep or something with really long fur, and it was just like walking on the side of the road. And it looked, he was like, he's like, it just looked like it was tired, and it was kind of like like slowly wobbling. And when he got closer to it, he was kind of like staring at it and he turns his high beam on. And as soon as he turns his high beam on, he said this thing kind of just like slowly looked toward him. Uh, and when he, he kind of got like a brief look at it, he was going probably like 55 at that point. Um, and he got a really brief look at it. But from what he can describe, what he saw was it looked like it, it had long fur. It, it looks like the fur was white at one point, but it looked like maybe it was just dirty, like his fur was dirty or something. And it, its face was kind of elongated a little bit. He said he didn't see hands. He said it, maybe it had like his hands kind of like tucked into its like its chest or something. Um, but he said he didn't see feet. He saw hooves and like it was hunched over and just covered in hair and he saw like just like this like the smallest little like horn horns on top of its head kind of just like coming out of the fur and it was just kind of like looking at my stepdad as he was driving by he didn't see eyes because it he said it looked like the like its fur was like covering its eyes a little bit but he did see a mouth and it was kind of like elongated and when he passed it, he kind of looked in the rearview mirror and he said it just like, I mean, as dark it was, as it was, you could still see like it in the rearview mirror and he's slowing down a little bit to get a better look at it. And it just like, starts like turning to the right and starts making its way off the road. Uh, and when he told me about that, when he picked me up after work, I was like, I, was like, I think you saw a goat man. <laughs> I was like, I saw a goat man too a few weeks ago. 
And he's like, oh, I don't think it was a goat man. It might just, I might have just been tired because he's one of those types that doesn't want to believe. Like he'll see this stuff, but he doesn't want to believe it's like it's actually like so something's actually there. Yeah. So those those are my those are my goat man experiences. <laughs> Short, but no. Yeah. They, listen, man. <laughs> I mean, I was on the edge of my seat with that experience. I'm thinking to myself, my Lord. And here's the thing. I mean, you see this thing, it runs, it grabs the glow stick, jumps in the back of the truck. And then later on, I'm hearing you say, we're making our way to the truck. I'm like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> like, yeah. How'd you not? How, I mean, did you not know that it was back there or not? Or were you just taking your chances or what? Yeah, we were just taking our chances. Like, it wasn't like in the back of the truck or like in the rear side of it. Like the tree between like a tree and the truck and it just like jumped grabbed the glow stick and kind of just hid behind the truck and and like it was like 10 15 minutes went by uh and i like nothing's happening so we're like maybe we should just go maybe now's our chance let's just get out of here because we didn't we, we uh didn't want to get stuck in that building all night uh and my my friend his his, his crush at the time was like on the verge of tears and i was i was feeling bad and i was like we should just get like get her out of here and we'll be fine so we took our chances i let my friend go first because maybe he'll see it and he'll he'll get a like a feel for what i just went through uh moments earlier uh and then when he got closer he was like slowly walking toward the truck listening out but he didn't hear anything and he got a little he's just like all right, he's like, yeah, he's like, you guys come out. Let's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, and once we got out, we took off, and that was kind of like it was a it was relief. And when we were making our way back home, that's when I the adrenaline kind of kicked out, kicked like wore off, and I started to feel like the the pain on my uh, my cuts on the side of my arm. I noticed my pants were all cut up, and I was like, oh crap, this sucks. Um, but yeah, that was that was a, that was a pretty intense night too. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like. So <laughs> I mean, geez, dude, I, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what I would have. Yeah, done. I think and I might have. Like, I thinking... think I might have camped out in the the building all night. To be honest with you, I just seeing the thing going to the back of the truck. I'm like, nah, I ain't going out there till it's daylight. So we're hanging out <laughs> here today. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think that that my my friend's crush, her the girl, she. Uh, I mean that's a hell of a introduction to this kind of stuff. <laughs> she was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so I can all imagine what she was going through. Uh, but like you know, like later on during that week, I did ask her about it. Like, hey, how are you, how, how are you feeling about uh, like this whole thing? Like, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, all right, it's understandable. I get it because <laughs> we both worked uh, at the same the facility. Uh, and then my friend, he kind of got the job there a couple, like a, a year later. So we were all walked, working there at some point. <laughs> wow. Ooh. That's crazy. Yeah. So let me ask you, what do you think this goat man is? I mean, you saw it a little bit and, uh, you know, you've been around and talked to people who've seen it. I mean, what are your, what's your gut? Cause I know you don't know what it is. None of us know what it is, but what's your guts out? Yeah. Tell you? Uh, in my head, a, go- a goat man is kind of like the first thing I can kind of just go to because it, it mimics sense, but it might be something else. It might just be, I don't know if it's something like uh, supernatural. I don't want to say it's like demonic or evil, uh, 
because uh, from what uh, my friend told me, it's like it's, it's like oh, it's just curious. It's never harmed anybody. Which leaving you like it's not evil. Maybe it's just like maybe it's just there. I don't know. Because <laughs> for me, I, we live in a world where things just are. I mean, like if I had an answer to everything, that'd be great. But like honestly, it's just something that's there. And I don't think it's evil. Um, but in some people's cases or stories, it might be. But for me, it was just really scary. <laughs> really scary experience. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. That would help me out a great deal in getting this show in front of more people. And go ahead and click the link in the description for our Discord if you want to join 24-7 chat, all things The Confessionals. And if you're looking for more content, I do have another podcast called Hammer Lane Legends that I do with my dad on a weekly basis. So all you got to do is look for it in any app. It's there. It'll pop up for you. You can listen to it. It's me and my dad talking people about their crazy experiences in the transportation industry. It's a lot of fun, a lot of laughing. I know you'll enjoy it. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Behind the highs is the other side of the sun. 
Is hard to find. 